a SAC production. Thank you so much for coming. Hello, and welcome to another edition of SAC Comedy Lab Presents. My name is Dale Smith here at SAC Comedy Lab in Orlando, Florida. And this month we are discussing the Orlando Fringe Festival and the 25th anniversary of it. Uh, This episode we sit down with Tom Mescobian, and uh, he is uh, with his show Simpleton in the Gold Venue. So we had a chance to sit down here in the theater, and you might hear a fire truck go by uh, the windows. But uh, we had a great chance to kind of find out the path of where he came up with the idea Simpleton and how it kind of was inspired from him being in New York City seeing Hamilton and also the topical events of Trump and his run for the White House. So it's a fantastic chance to find out more about his show and how it's happening. And, and, and this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to see his show. Uh, we sit down and talk about that. And if you're listening to this, we please want to just say subscribe Tell others, go on iTunes, however you heard about this podcast, because with this podcast, we are going to tell you more about the Orlando arts community. We also have more interviews coming up for the 25th anniversary of the Fringe Festival. And also we're going to have clips and snippets of some of the theater shows, comedy shows that we have here at SAC Comedy Lab. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode with Tom Miscobian. Enjoy. Try to assume. They try to fill in the blanks. That's what we do, right? (laughs) I was trying to pull up on the Fringe app right now, um, the show, and I love the app. It's got some good, useful things, but I'm not pulling up um, Simpleton in there. So your show is Simpleton. Yeah. Um, What venue are you in? Uh, We're in the Gold Venue, which is the Orlando Museum of Art. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have seven shows, well, six shows uh, left in there now. So you already had your debut for the season? We opened up last night. How'd it go? Yeah, it went really well. We had... uh, about 170, 180 folks uh, in the seats. It's uh, awesome. the, the venue seats about 250, so we had a good crowd Fantastic. and uh, uh, standing ovation and uh, people have been very good. Okay, uh, very um, so Fringe is 25 years old, and that's why we're doing this. It's it's the anniversary, and um, you know a lot of people are excited to go, you know, kind of see all the highlights. Like they stepped it up. Like this year, just like I was saying, with the new Shakespeare area with. That boardwalk of cement and the tents that they have out there, it's, uh, they really stepped it up this year. It's, we're spoiled in Orlando, yeah. specifically. Orlando, being, being that we're 25 years old. Um, how old were you when Fringe started? <laughs> um, we're asking uh, everybody that question. <laughs> um, my wife's saying 25. Yeah. <laughs> yeah 20. She's doing the math. Yeah, I'm good She's at the math. She's the math. <laughs> uh, I guess I was about 25. Uh, we actually came to Fringe. We happened upon... Fringe. We were we moved to the Central Florida area about 22, 23 years ago. So when Fringe um, was still in like abandoned stores and exactly. storefronts. Yeah, and we had gone downtown Orlando. We were sightseeing and we were just walking. We had no idea. And we walked or we're walking down Church Street and there's a guy balancing a shopping cart on his forehead, which causes a yeah. And we're like, what is this? And we looked and there was just as far as we could see people and booths and food and. Did you so say booths or booths? Booths, booths. I imagine there was booths, not <laughs> not outdoors because you can't drink alcohol outdoors in Florida legally. That, that's a new yes. law, I guess. But <laughs> new law. <laughs> so um, you would, you had moved yeah. to Orlando and you just kind of happened to pass it. Yeah, well, we actually live in Lakeland. I still live in Lakeland. I've been in there since we moved here, and, okay. and I work in Orlando, so I, I make the I four trek every day now for ten years. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so we had just come down and we saw 
Fringe, and we were no idea what it was, never heard of a Fringe Festival, um, no clue. And so we kind of started to experience there. Uh, we didn't go every year because uh, it's a trek, but uh, uh, 2014, uh, I produced my first show at the Fringe uh, and have just been hooked ever since. So that's when you first kind of knew about it. Did you do anything else besides, like you just said, producing just two years ago? Did you get involved in Fringe at any other point in time? No, I didn't, because for those years, uh, until I started working uh, back in Orlando here, which was about 10 years ago, I was working in Lakeland, and, you know, you're working a 40-hour-a-week job, and I wasn't involved in the arts uh, scene here in Orlando, so it didn't, it was just too hard to get up, I, and that's why people I talk to Lakeland, uh, where I live, What's talk that to drive about time Fringe. For, for about an hour, hour, uh, hour and ten. Depends on where you're going in the city to Fringe. It's an hour and ten. So, uh, and then there's the traffic. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, I talk to people in Lakeland a lot, and it, there's not a lot of Lakeland people who do go to Fringe because it is just this insurmountable, you know, distance in our heads. Yeah, uh, we think so. Uh, that's one of my uh, my. Uh, Dreams is to really establish kind of that Lakeland pipeline and, and get some of that talent over here because there's a lot of great talent in Lakeland. Yeah, what's going on in Lakeland? There are some theaters that you. Yeah, there's a Lakeland Community with? Theater is, is there. They've got a tremendous children's program uh, with that theater. Uh, there's Theater Winter Haven, which is in Polk County, and they have one of the most well respected uh, community theater companies in the whole uh, country. Um, and uh, you know, they have uh, it's a really vibrant arts uh, community uh, in Polk County. And I'd love to try to get some of that over over here. I did a AM radio in, in Polk County uh, yesterday, day before, and uh, just an attempt to try to build awareness Fantastic. about the festival. Okay. Now, where did you move from? You said you moved here, you know, 22, 23. Yeah, years we ago. were in Pensacola, Florida. Uh, so you're still Florida. Then. Yeah. yeah, and actually grew up in South Mississippi. Um, <laughs> so, I don't notice any accent. Uh, yeah, well, uh, that's kind of a, a, of a, I guess, a conscious choice. I don't know. I just never, <laughs> never developed. My actually, my father is from New York. Uh, he was a veteran of Broadway uh, and an educator. And my mother's a was from California. They, through a very long story, ended up in South Mississippi in the seventies. And uh, so you got some, you got some theater in your, in your blood. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, my father started a theater company in 1975 in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, called the uh, Hattiesburg Civic Light Opera. Still and it's, there? It's still there. Uh, he passed uh, about five years ago, but he had moved on to other projects. But it's been running now for 25, 30, uh, well, more than that. She doing the math? Do some again? more math. Uh, but for several, uh, you know, it's, it's been running forever. Uh, in fact, forty years. There's actor. There's an yeah, actor. Do the math. <laughs> <laughs> There's an actor who works here in the uh, in the Orlando area, uh, Wesley Slade, and uh, he grew up in that theater, uh, and he became a professional actor. And so I, I happened to do a show with him, and we got to talking about Hattiesburg, and he said, "Yeah, I, I grew up in that company. If it wasn't for that company, I wouldn't have been an actor." And that was my a tangible result of my father's legacy. They're standing right there in front of him. So him um, having a theater, and you're about ten years old at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you were you already kind of primed and kind of destined to be in some kind yeah, of... Yeah, I was on my first show at the age of four. Really? What'd you do? Um, it was La Boheme. I carried the firewood uh, on to give to Colleen. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, and he, so we started the company, and, and that's just what I did. I, 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 uh, I grew up building sets and painting flats and, and uh, listening to music rehearsals and watching him work. And you know, We didn't go on vacation or camping. We, we did shows, and that was our 
family activity, and it was great. I grew up in a theater, and I can't think of anything better. So you kind of did the set design or, or production. You've done the acting on the stage, and when did you start getting to producing? Um, well, I had my own uh, theater company in Auburndale, Florida, which is a small little city uh, just about 20 minutes outside of Lakeland. It's a, uh, kind of out there in the sticks, and, and uh, we were involved with a church there, and we thought it would be a great idea to have a, a theater company coming out of the church uh, to get people, you know, become them aware of the church. They come to the theater, they see the church. Um, and that was uh, that was great, but we did mainstream plays. We did like uh, Arsenic and Old Lace, and mm-hmm. we did uh, some Shakespeare. And so that was uh, my really full-time uh, work with, with producing. Um, I had done shows here and there before, but that's where it really kind of took off. And we did about two and a half seasons there, and then things changed, and uh, it's not going anymore. But uh, in 2014, I really got the, the buzz to bring something to... To Fringe. Did you ever participate in any Fringe show? Anybody else's shows? No, I've never been in a Fringe show. You've watched a few? <laughs> I've watched quite a few. Did you ever travel outside of Orlando? Because, I mean, that's the thing that being 25, we are uh, a little bit more advanced in, you know, obviously now that we have uh, the Shakespeare Center and air conditioned electricity and beer tents, I mean, we are, it's a fantastic festival. Yeah. But other cities are still trying, you know, they're still in that fringe zone of we're trying to rent different storefronts and stuff like that. Have right. you traveled to other locations, like anything in Mississippi, anything? Uh, no, I haven't. Um, uh, this is my only experience with fringe, but I have uh, become good friends with a lot of people who tour the fringe circuit. Uh, my good friend Chase Paget, who has toured the circuit, and uh, uh, talked to a lot of the, the, the kids from Canada. There's a lot of Canadians uh, in the fringe this year. They're mm-hmm. very healthy, healthily represented uh, because of the great things that fringe offers, which is the, the, the unjuried shows, the uncensored shows, and then 100% of the uh, proceeds going back to the artists, which is... Uh, something that uh, not a lot of other fringe, if any other fringe festival, does. Are there some more restrictions in other areas? Because uh, that's that's the thing I've always known is uh, with fringe, and maybe it's just Orlando. You know, it's like do anybody can fringe. You got a concept, you got an idea. Yeah. We'll give you the venue. Now there are juried festivals where you your show you have to present your show. It has to be approved. I don't know in what extent you have to. You know, I don't have to perform it, but you at least have to submit a script and it has to be approved. Really? Um, and you probably have to have a little bit of a resume with the show. Um, uh, to get in, um, and uh, I don't know about about censorship, but I imagine in some places. I mean, even I remember back in the day where we had the uh, what was the the, the big controversy uh, with the the naked man uh, in the the Fringe show. Um, I, I don't know, but any, any people Fringe I've been to, to somebody somebody's gonna there's body parts exposed. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, and there is there is in this one, but back I think 20 years ago it was a bit of a. Bit of an issue. That was when, a shocker when at you're that doing point downtown. Time? Yeah. That was different. Yeah, and uh, and the artist, the, the the money coming back to the artist is really the great thing that Fringe does. And you know they make their money through the buttons and through the there's a service charge on the tickets uh, to run the facilities that are so fantastic. Uh, you know that's a fair price uh, to pay, but the artists are able to make money uh, in this, and that's what it's all about. A lot of the festivals, like Edinburgh, which is a tremendous fringe festival. I mean, it's ten times the size of the Orlando. It's the mm-hmm. granddaddy of all of them. Right. But you know, I've talked to people there, and it's like, yeah, expect to lose thousands of dollars your first few years. Really? Yeah. And <laughs> my friend of mine I was talking to said, "I can't do that." 
I mean, there's, there's no way. So it's, it's really for the much more established artist. Uh, there's a lot of, in, in Edinburgh, you know, uh, shows that eventually end up off Broadway or, or on the West End. And they're they're trying they're doing proving grounds there at Edinburgh. So, so. the production for, to to just imagine losing thousands of dollars, you got to imagine. Okay, well you can tail down your your advertising, but then there's the production cost of what do you bring into the sets and how many actors and people you have in there. Yeah, um, there's a, there's a lot that goes yeah. into the equation of it. And the thing is, I mean, Edinburgh is as great as it is and the attendance that it has. It is like I said, it's ten times the size of Orlando. Orlando's got. This year we have 146 shows. There'll be over 600 ticketed performances, um, and Edinburgh is ten times that. Jeez. So imagine a thousand shows. Uh, you know, you. The, How long does it does it long? Do you know much? Like, does it last a bit longer? I think it would last longer, but I don't know. I can't yeah. imagine 24 hours a day just shows yeah, going on. Yeah, fringe. yeah, yeah. It's nutty. Well, um, now your show, uh, Simpleton. Yeah. Um, what what what's the concept behind it? Because well, we want to make sure that everybody knows uh, that sure. are listening to this. What, what are they looking for when they see what's, what's Simpleton about? Well, in November of last year, um, I went to New York. for the uh, Actually, September of last year, I went to New York for the first time. I've never been before. And, uh, city? State? The, uh, the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just Manhattan. Uh, we didn't go outside or leave the island. Um, and so we went, and I, and I was fortunate enough to get tickets to see Hamilton. Uh, and it... it blew my head open. I mean, it was just amazing. Uh, and then I also saw things that I'd never, ever seen before. As I mentioned, I grew up in Mississippi. I've lived in uh, Florida, and the farthest north I've ever lived is Virginia. Um, so I am not a person who has experienced a lot of diversity in my life. Um, just haven't. Right. I mean, in growing up in South Mississippi, it was black and white. And, you know, I didn't experience a lot of uh, racism or hate crimes or anything. It was a more separate, big, equal time back there in the uh, 70s and, and early 80s, but um, so I haven't experienced that a lot in my life. And going to New York, I was surrounded by it, mm-hmm. and I was really struck with the diversity of people around me. Being as a white male, uh, a minority, quite often in a subway car or in a restaurant, mm-hmm. um, and it was amazing. It, it never bothered me a bit. And at the same time... But you're aware. Uh, oh, I'm aware of it, absolutely. Uh, and I think it's wonderful. I mean, we, were, we went to a place in Murray Hill uh, over on the east side, and we had, it was a Turkish restaurant where we had Armenian food uh, served uh, by a Spanish-speaking waiter uh, <laughs> as we sat next to a Muslim couple. I mean, it was like, and I was like, this is New Melting York. Melting pot. All yeah, right, there we yeah. go. <laughs> and, it's, and that's the strength of America. And then I hear, then I turn on the television, and I would hear... Donald Trump and this fear of the brown person, and I just, I, and building walls, and and I just, I don't understand it. Um, but I know it's dangerous, and I know it's not what this country is supposed to be. No, I just feel right now the bar is being lowered on on, on our leadership. Yeah. And it's sad when those things are being said, and it's like, wait a second, they don't have an idea of, you know, who they're talking to or the community. They have their finger on the pulse of what's happening out there. I mean, obviously, it struck a chord that people are done with um, the establishment. You know, we want something outside. But when you're talking with terms of, you know, those broad strokes and you're insulting, you know, millions of people, it's right. insane. But it opened right. your eyes to be out in New York and see that. Yeah, it really did. Uh, it was, a, it was a, a very teachable moment. And then I saw the Statue of Liberty for the first time. 
in person. And we, we stayed on the boat and we went around it. And I've seen it all my life. And I've always been told about how the Statue of Liberty is a beacon. Mm -hmm. And we're supposed to be, it's a beacon for people to come to it as we travel towards the Statue of Liberty. Then I go around to the back of the statue, and I know I'm not making any observation that people haven't made a hundred times before, but for me, uh, it was new. And I saw that she was walking. Her foot is in a stride, pulled back. And beacons don't move. Beacons stay still. She's a leader. She is leading us with this idea of bring me your poor, your tired, your hungry, your hungry masses, leading us into a future where we can all come together as one, where we don't have these divisions, where we don't have the poor, the homeless, the outcast, and that should be America leading the way, not uh, leading the way in discrimination and in fear and hate. So all of that swirling in my head. Your interpretation of what you're seeing yeah. and, and just being in that, wow, this yeah. is a moment and, and I'm, I'm here in the history. How many other boats have seen this, the history of when immigrants were coming and just... Yeah, thousands, you know, daily. So you're going through all that, and that's your right. interpretation. So all of this is swirling in my head, and I'm coming back. I'm, I'm doing a show over at Mad Cow here in Orlando, and jamming to, to Hamilton in the in between the breaks, and uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I'm talking with my friend Michael Sapp, who was in the show, and we somehow the word simpleton came up, and as it has a couple of times in the past, something clicks in my head, and the whole show just appeared. Um, and, uh, and I started writing. And then I'm thinking, well, uh, that's, a, that's a lot. <laughs> and how we're going to make this work. And did you have the idea, when you, were, when you were writing it in your head, did you have the idea of fringe or theater, or just, I have a concept, and I just want to flush it out because I have it. And that's one of those things you got to do, is got to put pen to paper or whatever text. It doesn't matter, but you got to get it out there and just... Yeah, I mean, I think originally it was just I got to get it out there, but it, but at the same time, fringe applications were coming due, and it was just seemed to me a natural fit. I work much better if I have deadlines and uh, <laughs> and, a, and, a, a, and a place to go. A lot of artists that I had an idea until the lottery and I won and I got in, and then it's like I got to get right into this yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh, I just talked. I was I had lunch with with my friend Chase again the other day, and he was like, "Yeah, because I I booked an hour of comedy." Stand-up comedy. I said, have you ever done an hour of stand-up comedy? He goes, nope, and it scares the crap out of me. But if I don't book it, I'm never going to do it. Chase Padgett, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think I saw a post on that, too, that he's like, yeah, I've got the seats, it's this, 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 now time to start writing. Yep, yep. And so, you know, that's great. So that, a lot of the, that kind of fuels the creativity. So, uh -huh. uh, so anyway, we, we started writing, or I started writing, and then through a great series of events, um, I had some collaborators come on board, uh, which... You know, folks I didn't know before, um, which is a whole story in and of itself. But they came on board, and then we decided that we wanted to do a full-on parody of Hamilton. We were going to do like the first song, and then start writing our own music as it went on. So it was just it would just touch Hamilton here and there. But then we decided, no, this needs to be a full-on parody. So I wrote the bare bones of the story, and then figured out what songs we're going to use and how we're going to structure them. And then it was the effort of replacing all of the lyrics with our parody lyrics. And that's a lot of lyrics. Um, in the full show of Hamilton, the character of Alexander Hamilton speaks more words than King Lear, more words than Macbeth, not as many as Hamlet, but it is a major role. So even in 13 songs, which is far less than half the show, we have a lot of words ahead of us. I haven't seen Hamilton. I've heard the name. I've heard it tossed around, of course, here at SAC. 
a bunch of people have gone to see it. And, and so uh, for anybody that hasn't seen Hamilton or doesn't know what it is, um, can you give a, a quick synopsis of what that is? So because you're parodying it, so people. I mean, if sure. people see your show, are they going to be lost if they don't know anything about Hamilton? Not at all. Um, if you know Hamilton, you get things on a deeper level. Okay. But uh, you'll get a lot of the in jokes that come from Hamilton, uh, and some of the lyric references, and you'll be able to say, "Oh, that's a very clever way they've interposed those lyrics and played off of that." But if you haven't seen Hamilton. Uh, you still get the, the full experience of the story and the, and the show. And, so and the it humor. might be like an adult and a child watching a Disney Pixar movie, and the kids are laughing at one thing, but the adults are like, oh, I get what they do. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so at this Very point in time, so. I might be the kid right. <laughs> going to enjoy your show, but just enjoying it. But somebody that knows Hamilton would actually take it away a little bit differently. Right. Yeah, and I can see the difference in the audience. I can tell people who've seen Hamilton. So you see the, the light bulb? Ah. Yeah, because I, I see them look at each other or, or laugh at a place where other people aren't laughing. A little arm jab yeah, to their so it's fun, and and especially you know it's a lot of a lot of the younger kids uh, who have seen Hamilton because again Hamilton is the uh, Broadway musical by Lin Manuel Miranda uh, who uh, that tells the story of Alexander Hamilton, uh, the first secretary treasurer uh, of the Treasury, using uh, multiracial cast and hip hop and R and B, um, and it's nominated for a record breaking sixteen Tonys and it was and it won the Pulitzer Prize for uh, uh, for drama. So, uh, so that's why you've been hearing the word, the name Hamilton so often. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so yeah, so we, uh, so we, we, we wanted to play off of this parody and this idea because I just knew Hamilton was going to continue to get hotter and hotter. Mm-hmm. What I didn't know when I started writing in November was what the future held for Trump. Um, because at that time he was... He was questionable. Is it going to fizzle away and be laughable? Or right. is it going to start taking, right. you know, getting some momentum? Exactly. And uh, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, he has just continued to steamroll uh, through the primaries. Uh, I guess fortunate for my show, but not so much for the country. It's also been a bit unnerving because some of the things I've written have actually come true. Like, again, back in November, I'm writing and Ben Carson comes alongside him as his right-hand man. Well, in November of last year, even January last year, that was unthinkable. They were at each other's throats. And yet, Ben Carson is now heading up the VP search uh, for Donald Trump. Mm. Uh, And people who, three weeks ago, he was going after their wives, Ted Cruz, is on that list. And (laughs) my... My take on it when I wrote it back then was that, you know, if he, if he wins primaries, if he becomes the presumptive nominee, all of these people who opposed him on character's sake are going to turn around and ride his coattails and, you know. Which in turn then says something about their character. Right, exactly. And that, that was my point. And unfortunately, I was right. So did you have to rewrite anything or did it just kind of follow suit with your, your kind of prediction uh, yeah well the story starts when he wins the election the opening the opening song uh tells the story of his quest through the primaries and how he wins them all which again he hadn't done when i wrote it but he did and it unfolded just like i said takes the nomination and he wrote it straight to washington uh, so the first song it sets up trump has been elected and we ref- end with the refrain donald trump's president y'all better hide uh <laughs> and then from then on, it begins, it goes into the future, 2017, 2019, of, of what's going to happen. So, you know, all of that, of course, hasn't happened yet, uh, and uh, we'll see. But, uh, uh, but yeah, it, it is become, there was a point in the writing process where I, I was just begging with Trump to stop 
the crazy. I can't keep up with it. It's an hour show. I can't get every stupid so thing is an you hour say show, into the show. And, and you're trying to take all that stuff, all that content, everything you're writing, also parodying uh, Hamilton, and yeah. try and do it in an hour. Yeah. And it's, we have 13 songs that clock in at 46 minutes. Uh, and so, so Wait, the 13 songs in total clock in at 46 minutes? Right. Wow. Uh, and there's no instrumentals there. It's, <laughs> it's, it's uh, every one of those 46 minutes is lyrics. Um, and, and there's about five and a half minutes of dialogue. We have a 52-minute show, uh, 53 with curtain calls. Jeez. Not that I'm counting. But, um, you had to map it out. <laughs> yeah, have to, because if you go over time at Fringe, they'll turn your lights out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they pull the <laughs> They'll plug. just pull the plug. Show's over. So, you know, we had to be uh, in, and, that, and then we have extra time built in for whatever laughs we might have and, and, uh, and, uh, at the end of the show. So, curtain calls. So, uh, so yeah, so I, when I... I, I finally at some point had to lock the show down and say I can't add any more except <laughs> what was it last week for some inexplicable reason he called Elizabeth Warren Pocahontas okay I didn't, didn't yeah, hear that yet yeah he just he referred to Elizabeth Warren as Pocahontas and everybody was like wait what <laughs> So at this point... So, but we, I put that in the show. Yeah, I was say, well, at this point, you've already done a show, and there's still going to be stuff happening. I mean, you've, you've got shows for another week and a half. Um, is it going to be any... Oh, geez, I can't believe you said that. Now i got to add something in. What do, I, what, what do I pull from this? I mean... Yeah, um, probably not. If it's something like, you know, I actually I ended up putting the Pocahontas line in the show. He, he calls Ben Carson Pocahontas, and everybody looks around and goes, what? What was that? <laughs> um, but for anybody who's reading the news, they'll they'll pick up on it. You know, if if something were to come along, I wouldn't be beyond you know trying to put in a one liner here or there. But we're pretty close on time, tight. and, and uh, the actors are already kind of had enough of me putting stuff in at the last minute. So, so how how are the songs locked. composed? How, did you do the songwriting? Um, the songs are all uh, <laughs> Hamilton's. They're all from the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we had a team of guys who created the tracks from ear because the sheet music was not available. Uh, That's so, what I was wondering, if what's available for Yeah, uh, the sheet music is available now, but it was not when we were making the tracks. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, a lot of them came from the Internet, um, and then several of them, uh, maybe about half, uh, we, we made ourselves, and, uh, and then laboriously replaced the lyrics syllable for syllable not just that, but also uh, doing our best to mirror the rhyme scheme, the uh, the interior rhymes uh, of of the show, um, and adding and also trying to mirror this uh, the uh, the alliteration that that we find in in Hamilton. There's this one rap that uh, that Mike Huckabee does, <laughs> where he says, <laughs> "Yeah, uh, so you want to see Mike Huckabee rap." Uh, the line is, we'll never be truly free until the LGBT have this... Well, no, sorry. We'll never be truly free while the LGBT have the same rights as you and me. Wonder why God in the sky made me this creation, the perfect person persecuting this perverse persuasion. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that, that's the kind of the level of, of writing. And that one came from my two collaborators, Sam, uh, Samuel Hammersley and... Uh, Seth Brown. Okay. Well, I know uh, Sam here. Um, right. He does pun slingers, and he's, oh God, he's amazing with his lyrics. Yeah. How long have you you've had to say that a few times to just let that go yeah. <laughs> so fluently as you just did? Yeah. Um, I actually, when I, I, I didn't know Sam, I had worked with his fiance, uh, Anna uh, Eligio, and uh, 
I told Anna about the show, and she said, you've got to talk to Sam. He loves Hamilton. He raps. Oh, yeah. And yeah. So I'm like, fine. So we set up a meeting. He's on board. He says, can I bring somebody else on? He says, yeah. I said, I said sure. He goes, I know this guy. He's, he lives on the East Coast. His name is Seth Brown. He doesn't really leave the East Coast, so he's not going to come down and see the show. He just likes to say where he is. But he's a genius. He's written a copy of the Torah, the Jewish Bible, mm-hmm. Hebrew Bible, uh, in rhyming couplets. And you can buy it on Amazon. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a cat I need to work with. <laughs> wow. Yeah, if he's at that level. <laughs> so so I, I, I told them, guys, I said, here's, a, all right, here's your audition. Take my shot, which is a six-minute solid rap song. Uh, it took Lin-Manuel two years to, to write it. And I said, do what you can. They came back to me in a weekend with the finished product. And I'm like, yeah, I think we're good. This wow. is, this is going to work out. That's amazing. Now, with, uh, with the style of show you're doing for the audience, is it, is it for all ages or is it only... What's the rating that you guys have put yourself uh, We have a 13 and up rating with strong language. So okay. there's the, the, the F word shows up a couple of times, uh, just twice. Um, and that's about as, as bad as it gets. Um, so we just want to do this. the venue again. It's going to be in the gold venue. Yeah. It's Simpleton. It is an hour show, uh, 13... Plus for ages. Ticket yeah. price? Ticket price is eleven dollars, uh, and that plus uh, you need a fringe button right. uh, to get in, and those are available at the box office uh, for uh, for ten dollars. And uh, our next show is Saturday night at yeah, seven o'clock. Yeah, do you have o'clock. that list uh, in front of you? Yep, Saturday at seven. Then the the twenty second, which is a Sunday at four twenty. Monday at six o'clock. That's uh, the twenty third. Mm-hmm. The twenty sixth at seven fifteen. The 28th at 4:20 and the 29th at 10:30 we close up fringe uh, that night, and then if we win patrons picks, there will be shows on there will be a show on Monday the 30th if we win the the most tickets sold. Um, I have the app on my phone. Do you guys, besides people that don't have apps or anything like that, do you have a social media for Facebook or Twitter that people can also go and look and find more? Yeah, we do. Uh, we're on Facebook at uh, Simpleton, uh, the Legend of President Trump. Um, we have an event page. We also have a, a, a fan page there as well. Um, but uh, all the information can be gathered at orlandofringe.org, uh, and we have a page there as well. Okay. And if things go as well as it sounds like it's, it's going, um, are you guys planning on any other locations after Orlando? <laughs> no. Uh, it's it's going to die with the Fringe Festival, so there's only going to be six more times to see this. Um, you know, with being that it's, it's it's based on cultural yeah. happenings, like yeah. you know, can you see? You know, can you go to other areas? With it? Are right, it is. Change? It is so insanely topical um, for right now that it, it's just. I don't think it's going to have legs, uh, and uh, you know, it, it is also a parody show, and we're 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 working under the parody laws and the the fair use thing. But out of respect to Mr. Miranda, who I have the utmost respect for, uh, this is a one and done thing. So I'm not. <laughs> treading on his on his turf too much. Is there anybody uh, else that you wanted to thank, or any sponsors, or anybody that's been helping you through the process? Uh, Theater Winterhaven in uh, in in Winterhaven, Florida, has been a fantastic uh, support for us. And if there's any chance you guys want to make the the short drive down to Winterhaven, the, some of the best theater in our region can be found uh, there. Um, and uh, they've been a great supporter uh, of us. Oh, well, of course, the cast and, you know, everybody that's worked so hard on the show. Um, 
you know, and George Wallace and Mike Marinaccio at Fringe, who have put on a tremendous festival uh, again, and all the volunteers who it wouldn't work without them. So. All right. Well, that's uh, that's it there. Uh, Tom, thank you so much for coming in. It's been a pleasure, and we got to go see Simpleton because it's a once in a lifetime production. Absolutely. Oh, Get your tickets. Pleasure. Thank you so much. All right. <laughs> this has been a SAC production. Like us on Facebook.com slash SAC Comedy Lab. Follow at SAC Comedy Lab on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for listening.